Welcome to Everything Went Black podcast. I took a little bit of a break here. Things have been crazy on my end, gearing up for this big European tour that we got coming up, as well as some other really cool stuff that's uh, in the works. Um, tonight we're welcoming back Kristen Corvette, the uh, founder and grand poobah of the Sluttest blog. So, before we get into the fun tonight, I just want to uh, do a couple plugs. The podcast is brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee, which is my um, my coffee brand. We just added a new roast, Savage Gold Dark, for those of you who are into dark the dark roasts. And for listeners of this podcast, you can get a 10% discount if you plug in the code Coffee Crew 2015 when you go to savagegoldcoffee.com and order anything on the web store. We're also brought to you by Onnit. I'd like to thank everybody who bought all that killer Onnit supplements last year. I got a nice fat check. <laughs> got a nice fat check, uh, you know, beginning of the year. So keep on uh, getting your supplements and food and, you know, kettlebells and all that fun stuff. Also, Datsusara, another one of my affiliate sponsors, they continue to provide me with the very best in hemp products. You know, I got this awesome bag, which I take out on tour with me, which I carry all my gear in. And I also have this really cool uh, fanny pack, which I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have not. It's a hemp fa- black hemp fanny pack. Nice. I yeah. kind of want one. <laughs> hey, maybe we can work something out. All right. And then uh, Nature Box for... You name it, organic, vegan, no GMO, uh, you know, gluten-free, whatever you want. You can uh, sign up for a service every month and get really delicious, healthy snacks delivered straight to your doorstep. So, Kristen, we're done with the plugs. Yes. Glad to be back chatting with you. So, since the last time you were on the show... Uh, a bunch of cool stuff has been going on. Yes. The festival, which I broke the news for on the show yeah. for the first time, is happening in four days, right up the street from the location we are in right now, the yeah. secret location. <laughs> secret location. Yes. Yeah. Um, never to be revealed. And, um, yeah, Sunday, March 29th, St. Vitus. It's a music, art, burlesque festival that Sledis is putting on um, in honor of our second anniversary. And the theme is Legacy of the Witch, and the way the word witch and the word slut have similar histories, and the way they've both been used to sort of police and punish women who step outside the, uh, the bounds of a patriarchal power. So um, there's going to be a lot of uh, witchy ladies and men, all-inclusive. <laughs> You're going to be there, I hope. I'll be there. Yeah. So. I'm really excited to sort of see it all come to life in the flesh and um, even getting some good press and I think uh, it's kind of the first thing of its kind, like a darker, heavier feminist festival. Yeah. I think of feminism and festivals. I think of like Lil Affair and shit I don't want to listen to or see. So I'm hoping to bring this, you know, and maybe do it again. Well, I was going to ask you if this is, you know, depending on how things go, which I'm yeah. sure it's going to be successful on Sunday. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are talking about it, and, uh, you know, there's definitely, like, a buzz, at least, you know, locally here yeah. in Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, there's a good lineup of bands playing and some really cool, you know, non-musical things going on, yeah. too. And uh, so, yeah, so you, you're you're possibly going to do this as an, on an annual basis, maybe? I think that's a definite at definite. this point. I mean, the responses I've gotten so far have been so good, and I have ideas for the future, and... Even people saying, oh, I can't make it this one. Can you do it next year? Another which one? You know, I think the theme is important to sort of vary, but I think it might need to happen again. Like, oh, that's great news. So I'm excited if Vitus will have me again. I'm like, sure they will. That, it's just a perfect location. Yeah. and yeah. Sunday night shows are always kind of like, Sunday night seems to be kind of the, the, the night where, where things can kind of, they're a little bit looser with what goes on Sunday nights. Yeah, yeah. You have less expectation, I think. So it's like... Saturday, oh, it's my Saturday night. Like, you hold on to it in yeah. a way. But I think Sunday's like, oh, I'll stop by that thing. And then it's maybe, like, something you didn't expect at all. And then it's kind of awesome. So, and it's on the earlier side. Like, what time does the show start? Uh, it's 5 p.m. doors, 6 p.m. It's going to start with some talks. Karen Crisis and Pam Grossman, who's um, a scholar of magic and art history, are going to talk about the witch and feminism in sort of historical sense and frame it out. So for people who don't want to listen to talks or whatever, you can come later. But for those who want to really hear an awesome sort of intellectual and creative take, uh, spoken word take on this, they can come at 6. And then 7.15, burlesque starts. 
bands are all, it's just sort of all thrown in there. And then headliner, um, Gospel of the Witches, 10 o'clock. So it'll be 11 o'clock, DJ's on, just hanging out. Right so you can get home to bed if you have to get up early. Do you guys have a uh, you know special DJ? Or, you know? Oh, yeah. My friend, Geraldine, she's flying all the way from L.A. Wow. She's um, a very witchy lady herself. Okay. So And she DJed a lot at the weird party at Home Sweet Home. So I'm really excited for her to be curating some some dark tracks for the night. Right on. Any any uh, hint as to what you know what, what might be on that playlist? Oh, God. You know what? What are you hoping will be on there? I don't know. Um, I mean, if it were me, I'd want some like some some Jinx Dawson. Like uh, I don't know. Maybe some even it doesn't have to be all all women fronted bands, but it'd be kind of cool if it was. I mean, if I was DJing, DJing it'd be like Vixen and <laughs> like Joan Jett or whatever, but she has a lot of uh, more esoteric, awesome, sort of more um, I don't know, unheard tracks that she's going to bring out, which I think is cool, too. So yeah. It's going to be a mix, but I'm sure she's also going to like maybe throw in some like Shocking Blue Venus or some very rare tracks as uh, She's known to do so. She's gonna surprise me. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be awesome. Yeah, Joan Jett uh, seems to be a, sort of a prominent figure in the sort of feminist, uh, you know, movement. It, it, but not not so much. Um, yeah, sort of almost as a reaction to like the little affair like trip that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if she ever has come out and said like I'm a feminist, but I don't think you have to do that to I be a feminist. To, yeah. So. I kind of like the way she's just a really powerful figure, kind of always done her own thing, and as an older woman, she just is such a trailblazer, like, I want to look like that and be like that when I'm her age, holy shit, you know? And look, Lita Ford, too, I yeah. mean, you know, even Sheree Curry, yeah. they are killing it, so, yeah. yeah. My own, my and this is just, you know, me, like, plastic surgery, man. She should just let it, let it go, let it like. I agree. Just, just like go with it, you know. Yeah. Like, I, you know, but at the same time, if like you feel better about yourself, I don't know. I'm not gonna like judge someone for it. Sure. Like, but I'm personally, I say this now, but <laughs> but I want to see what the whole thing looks like when it's aging. I think older women are gorgeous. I think it's awesome to see someone who just aged naturally. Um, but not everyone thinks so. So I see the pressure, obviously. So um, for anyone who might have missed the first time you're on the podcast, can you just give us a quick overview about the Sluttest Blog? Yes. Uh, I started it two years ago as a place originally just for me to write about art, music, pop culture, and politics through a sex-positive feminist lens, talking about gender, sexuality, feminism. But then it really blossomed into sort of a community effort, and now we have like over... 25 writers, I think, in New York and all around the country, and um, basically just first-person narratives, interviews, reviews, roundups, and we have this thing called the Slut of the Month, which sort of showcases an awesome, badass chick um, in any state of undress she wants, and it's sort of a questionnaire about how she feels empowered sexually, what she's up to, her art, whatever she does. Um, it's like, if everyone's a slut, no one's a slut, that's sort of the point of that one. <laughs> And, uh... It's like how when everyone eats garlic, you know? You know, like, if, like, if one person eats garlic, they have garlic breath, you know? But then it's like everyone has yeah. a clove of garlic. There's no garlic smell. So there's no negative... It's like all it's one... It's all good. Yeah. It's all one unified exactly. field. I like you know? that as a parallel. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the site has sort of evolved, but we do focus... Most of the writers are artists, musicians, painters... I think sex work is an art too. So they're we have doms, you know, and um, so there's sort of that bent to it. It's not like just all dry journalist stuff, you know. I like to have fun. With yeah, it. I mean, I read your read your survey. It's definitely not dry journalist stuff <laughs> for sure. Now, do you think that that men could enjoy this as well? Because I, I, you know, I'm I'm like I walk the earth and I, you know, and taking everything. But uh, there, you know, there might be some people listening who might just be like, wow, you know, that's for, that's for chicks. Oh, you know? yeah. You mean the site? The site, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have male writers. I mean, it's definitely about issues that I think everyone can relate to, obviously. Sometimes they're more specific to women. But I also like to think that I can get in guys even just for the eye candy, and then maybe they'll read something super smart that that eye candy is saying and think a little bit about the ways 
brains and beauty are, you know, split apart in our society, and there's this sort of idea that you can't be an intellectual and take your clothes off, you know, all these sort of rules around, like, female sexuality and intelligence that we try to, like, break through. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there's something for everyone. Um, It's not all, like, period stories, so... (laughs) Maybe now and then, but, you know... Yeah, you gotta, you know, spice it up. Yeah, yeah, like, menstrual blood art. That'd be more like what we would have or something, you know? Or uh, we had a great one by um, this uh, awesome musician. Uh, She's the leader of the Wax Idols. She plays for uh, the bass in White Lung, Heather Fortune. She's also a dom, and she wrote this um, series called The Sadistic Clown Diaries, and she would come in and just, like tell all these crazy stories about people she encountered and one would be like how to when you're engaging in choking during sex how not to kill your partner you know how to do it safely like don't pull a Michael Hutchins like so you know you can learn a lot from the site as well um but then we get serious you know there was a uh, woman recently who's a painter and she was writing about growing up in a really conservative Muslim background and how she was an atheist and she couldn't express her sexuality and like how she came to terms with that and her with her family and how she does so today and all that so we like I try to like toe the line between you know super slutty stuff and then serious issues that women face yeah yeah that sort of religious extremism is something I've always sort of been interested in and how people kind of break away from that yeah. recently I saw a movie called A Girl Walks Home at Night it's a vampire oh, I movie I see that it's Iranian right it's yeah. Well, the, yeah. It's actually it was filmed in Kern County, California. Oh, I didn't so know that. It was filmed in California. The 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 uh, oh, I can't believe I forgot her name, but the the actress who plays the the main you know the, the vampire is American, but Iranian American. Okay, okay. And the writer's Iranian, and you know the cast are all yeah. You know, it, it's it's an awesome. It's probably my, one of my favorite vampire movies. I saw. I, you know, I love. I have a whole other podcast I do that's just about horror, uh, horror movies yeah. called Necromaniacs. We're going to cover that on a future episode. Awesome. I have to see that, actually. But that's like, yeah, it's kind of, um, I know this is like, might sound ignorant, you know, but you think like, you know, in, in Iran and Iraq and the Middle East, they're just like these savages, like running around with, you know, killing people, you know, like there's like this, this bad press, you know, it's like, as much as I try to resist that, there's always like some strand of my consciousness that goes in that direction. Because, like, you're getting bombarded by, like, all this propaganda. Yeah, constantly. the press makes it very third world. Like, there's yeah. nothing but, like, degradation and violence. And yeah, of course. I, that's why this movie's important, because it sort of debunks a lot of that alleg- religious extremism sort of viewpoints that people might have about Muslims. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, there's a lot of humor in the movie. It's actually a very humorous film. Uh, it's sort of like if Jim Jarmusch made a vampire movie. It's in black and white. It's got outstanding music. Awesome. It's shot really well. And, um, you know, you kind of, you know, if you're someone who has, like, a narrow viewpoint on, you know, people from the Middle East or whatever, you definitely want to check this out because it broadens your mind about, like, yeah, you know, everyone's, like, kind of the same. Like, we all like horror movies. We all like good music and, you know, pretty pretty women, pretty guys, like, whatever, you know. And, And it was... I, I, I bought it on iTunes and I'm probably going to watch it like three or four more times and it's a great movie okay so it's already for sale so I can go check yeah. it out like now nice you can check it out tonight you can go home alright get it on iTunes on the list and check it out but yeah that's like anything that has like because I feel like in general like and this kind of ties in I guess to the witch th- idea like the sort of like you know monotheistic Judeo-Christian um you know that that whole religious trip has, even though it's thousands of years old, is still such a heavy influence on our society. Yeah. You know. And the way we treat women, and it's all yeah. like a very male-dominated, you know, system or systems. Like um, Camille Paglia, the feminist theorist, talks about the changeover from earth cult to sky cult. Like ancient, you know, religions were all about. But the earth, the earth, and the womb, and you know, community, and then it sort of changed to the monotheistic sort of sky. Like God was above, like, and you couldn't; it was out of reach, you right. know. And then it moved away from women into men, and it's kind of an interesting shift. So, yeah, even though they've been around for a thousand years, even before that is what we're really looking into in this festival, sort of the ancient ways, you know. Yeah. Um, so. Well, well, the other thing, too, is, like, humans and their hubris, like, think that humanity has existed since, you know, the beginning of the Earth, you know what I mean? Right. But we're such a fraction of the Earth's 
history involves humanity at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you think about that, it's pretty far out, you know. That's what I was thinking when I was watching The Walking Dead last night. Oh, yeah? You watched it last night? I, no, like, I was watching a rerun because I'm trying to sort of catch up. Oh, so you're not caught up on the no, current... No, I'm oh, not caught up, oh, but... I thought I was going to be able to talk to you about it. Oh, no, okay. I'm not, but... I keep thinking, like, maybe the reason all of this happened, the zombie apocalypse, is because the Earth is sort of swallowing everyone up again. It's, like, That's not awesome. time for humans. Yeah. That's my whole thing. I'm like, why don't they just give up? Like, <laughs> Well, you know, um, do you follow you follow anything, like, you know, like, in collisions, like planetary collisions? Yeah, or, yeah. You know, asteroidal impacts? Sure. And all I mean, it's pretty clear that there was, like, you know, extinction events in the yeah. past. Yeah, So even this, like, you know... Humanity ruling the Earth is like a finite thing. I know. That's like we can't expect to be around here forever. Yeah, and uh, there's been research and studies done on the Sphinx, and apparently the Sphinx is a lot older than they think it was. Really? Yeah. There's a there's a, a series you can watch it on YouTube. It's called uh, Magical Egypt, mm. and um, it goes into the uh, the whole. I have the I have the, the you know I should know this guy's name once again. I'm getting punched in the face too many times, I think. <laughs> uh, he, the guy's, I forgot the guy's name, but his book is literally just in the next room. Uh-huh. And uh, he, he has a book, and he also did that, that series of films. And it talks about the age of, of uh, the Sphinx and how it's... They believe that actually the Egyptians built onto an existing structure. Oh. And like some, you know, incredibly old prehistoric civilization... It's like in the inside of the Sphinx at this point. Yeah. Whoa. Had built that, abandoned it, you know, or maybe like annihilated by an asteroid or whatever, zombies or whatever right. the hell, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing I spent a lot of my time reading about, you know. I think that's like a good thing to spend time secret, on. <laughs> you know, like speculative history, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was just looking into, I don't know a lot about sacred geometry and stuff. Yeah. Cause for tattoos, even I was like, "Huh, I re- these are so beautiful." I don't really know a lot of the history, but you're into that stuff a bit too, right? You a little know bit, about you know. it. yeah. Well, you know, I have a degree in engineering, so you know, there's a little bit of that okay. calculus, geometry, secret trip, geometry, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, math, yeah, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting stuff. So once I have to apologize for the state of this room that we're sitting in. Um, you know, it's. I think uh, <laughs> you know it, it's pretty, pretty, pretty much a mess, and I'm kind of ashamed of it actually. But well, all I care about is that there's an LA Guns record that I can look at, <laughs> so I'm excited to see that peeking out of the shelf. LA Guns is, uh, you know, that's a definitely. I would say they're probably one of the more obscure, like like sort of cock rock bands from that era. Oh yeah. Unfortunately so, because L.A. Guns is just one of my favorite bands. I've seen them a million times. Yes, I've never seen L.A. Guns. I've interviewed both Tracy Guns and both Phil Lewis separately. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, for different, like, you know, hair metal magazines. Those still exist? Hair metal magazines? They, this was like in the early 2000s, so okay. they were like on the way down, but right. I was very young and excited to do that, so... Yeah, I saw that both L.A. Guns, you know, because they split off into two, kind of. Oh, hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's the deal? They split off into two bands? First, So yeah. it was like Christian Death or something like that? Or they had like two right. different Christian So deaths. I've seen them originally together as L.A. Guns. And then later, Tracy Guns made his own L.A. Guns and Phil Lewis made his own L.A. Guns. So then I have seen them separately. But at this point, I believe Tracy was like, fuck it. Like, you can have it, Phil. So now just Phil tours with LA Guns. And I saw them last year with Phil. I mean, you know, the vocals are so important. Yeah. But so is the guitar work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I can't, like, put my allegiances one or the other. But I really love them both. So, huh. so those two guys, aren't a, they're not on good terms. No. That sucks. I know. I want them to be friends. I know. It's such a bummer. They did so many... So many great records together. I only know the first two albums, L.A. Guns and Cocked and Loaded. Like, those are the those only are, two I those know. Those are the best ones, but Hollywood Vampires is the third one. Okay. And that one is, I think people think it's it's very dark and kind of gothic. Really? And I love it. I mean, I think. Like, gothic? Like, what would you compare it to? Um, uh, yeah, like, is it like, is it like an industrial metal? Like? No, no, no. It doesn't get that. But actually, speaking of that, did you ever hear Cocked and Loaded? They did a, um, I think Cleopatra released it. They did like industrial remixes. I'm not surprised. It was actually awesome. That, huh. that, that record is great. They did it. It was like Cocked and Loaded 2000 and 
one or something something in 2000s they redid the whole record um but gothic in the sense that i don't know there's like um there's like a gene loves jezebel oh, okay. like you know a little bit shoegaziness in there i should check this out yeah it's huh i love it hollywood I, vampires yes hollywood vampires okay. And there's some cheese and some sleep. Well, I mean, you got you have to go in. You got it's like suspension of belief sometimes. Like yeah. Yeah, the way you have to like the way you enjoy The Walking Dead. Like, yes. You have to like you know suspend some things to maybe appreciate certain yeah. other types of music. Of course. Yeah. And I feel like they always had a really dark aesthetic compared to even like Motley Crue, who I love. They got like super like flouncy and, and neon, and like yeah. I've never did that. No. You know, they always take gutter leather. Yeah, leather. Like, gritty. Black. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hollywood Vampires just sort of takes it to its inevitable like, conclusion, I feel. How many studio albums do they have? I didn't even know that oh record God. existed. And then there's a bunch... There's, like, some later, but I kind of stopped, because then they start splintering off into, like, somebody oh, okay. left, and then they came back together. Honestly, the first three are my favorite. And then, actually, Phil Lewis, though, came and did... God, I can't remember. He put a new record out, Just Him, and I really liked that record, too, and I thought it was really good. And that's when I interviewed him about that record. That was a couple... That was like 2005. Man, what is the name of that? Oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Something about... Is it Tales from the Sunset Strip? Something like that. Tales from the Sunset Strip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. So that that's a good one. He... His voice sounds really good still. It's, yeah. It's and he has a like young guitarist who's like shredding and I saw them do like Battle of, Ballad of Jane and it was pouring rain. It was just like outside huh. at the um, M3 oh, okay. festival yeah. that I go to all the time. Yeah. So yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Do you know uh, Faster Pussycat, the dude in that band? He had Take like, me down. Yeah, he had like some industrial thing going on. Oh, yeah. On too. The Newly Deads? The Newly Deads. Huge fan of that, too. <laughs> you can see where my interests lie. That's like anything like hair metal and, you know, goth and industrial thrown in there together. It's like the perfect. <laughs> you know what? What uh, recently I started getting into because, you know, Tombs is fortunate enough to be playing Roadburn this year with Fields of the Nephilim. Yeah. Who are like one of my favorite bands of all time, and the record Zune. Mm. You know, like that's not a record most people reach for when they listen to Fields of the Nephilim. Yeah. But uh, one one day I was just going through my iTunes, and uh, that came up, and I was like, man, I haven't listened to this in like years. And I haven't either. It's powerful, man. I need to revisit that because I'm going to go to that show. Oh, that's right. Well, I will yeah. be there. You'll, you'll be there. So I was listening to Dawn Razor. That's a great course, album, you know? And I'm wondering. Are they going to play, like, old stuff, or... I don't know. Who knows? You know? Mystery. Yeah. It could be... It could be, uh... Maybe they're playing new material. Yeah. You know? I've heard they're writing new material, so... I'm down for anything Carl McCoy wants to do. <clears throat> I, um... I actually canceled some press so I can make sure that I can go... Oh, really? ...and see, uh, <laughs> the show. Because we got the running order for everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, then we got, like, a, an interview schedule and everything. And there was one interview that was, like, too close to, like... <laughs> I want to make sure I got, like, the right, you know... You can't miss Fields and Ethelum. They're yeah. not going to come to the U.S. No, no. Ever. Yeah, I got to so. put on my duster, yes. powder myself down <laughs> and everything, you know. How many... Uh, I just... I love Wild West stuff. Like, my dad lives in Wyoming and whatever, so I'm all into that. But, you know, Fields and Ethelum just took the aesthetic to the yeah. best place. Like, the Sergio Leone and the... Are you a fan of Western films, Oh, yes. Too? I love The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly and Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more. I'm a huge, you know, classic Western fan. Yeah. You ever um, check out uh, Sam Peckinpah's Westerns? I have seen one or two. Like, my dad has is a fan. Yeah. Because I, I, mean, I love all the Clint Eastwood mm -hmm. stuff, too, you know. and, and uh, But Sam Peckinpah has, like, this, like, real, like, sort of negative spin on stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan of his. But being uh, that, you know, it's not very, uh, it's sort of uh, misogynistic. Oh, a yeah. Lot of it. Westerns are. Well, specifically Sam Peckinpah. Oh, right, films. right, right are very misogynistic. I just want to see if you've seen any of those. I'm trying... I know I have... Like, what's the... There's, like, a really famous one I'm trying to think of. Yeah, there's Major Dundee. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. favorite one, though, is uh, Pat Garrett... Pat Garrett yes. Billy the Kid. That's the one I've seen. Yeah. 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 It's got James Coburn yep. and, and uh, Chris Christopherson as a sort of Charles Manson. Yes, 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 yes. Billy yes. the Kid. And uh, Bob Dylan. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm not a fan of. No, I like Dylan. Really? Whatever. Yeah. My dad, that's my dad loved Dylan so much, so I almost like grew up being like associating it with my dad. So I like can't not like Dylan. The reason, the reason why I don't like Bob Dylan has is it's completely subjective. Like mm, okay. I think you know he's a great songwriter. Sure. You know I love Bruce Springsteen, who is heavily influenced by Bob Dylan. But Dylan just strikes me as one of those dudes who like. He'd be living on your couch, you know. He's like one of those guys who, like, you show up at some, <laughs> you're trying to date some girl, you go to her house, and he's he's there. Like one of these guys, he's like, oh yeah, this is Bob. He's he's crashing here. <laughs> then like a month later, he's still there. That's and he doesn't awesome. have a job, and he kind of sleeps until like two o'clock in the afternoon every day. In the and, '70s, he definitely had that whole look yeah. going on. That's really funny. <laughs> and, and that's why I don't like Bob Dylan. I think that's a fair reason. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, you know, everyone's out trying to make it happen, you know, and he's just, like, hanging out all day. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like Bob Dylan. <laughs> fair, fair, man. <laughs> Did you ever see... Well, you probably haven't then. He had, was in this weird movie, Masked and Anonymous. Uh, no. It, it, was, it was actually a really cool, absurd, absurdist kind of film that he was in, but not a Western, so kind of off topic. Um... Well, the, the big question that I have next is, um, you know, since this festival on Sunday is, uh, you know, celebrating, uh, you know, the witch. Are you are you into the occult at all? Yeah, I mean, I have this like sort of not in the like left hand path sort of stuff. No, I mean, I think <clears throat> at this point the occult is a pretty well. Documented thing on this podcast. So oh yeah, any, yeah. Anyone yeah. who like is listening understands that it's not like some like satanic. Oh know. right, right. I just mean like actually in one of the interviews we um, did an interview with the Village Voice and some of the other uh, women involved asked me before you know the um, questions were returned. Um, they were saying I just, we just want to make sure you're not like a total Aleister Crowley like type into witch stuff like because there is a lot of misogyny and sort of like woman hating in. His whole thing, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, no, that's, he's not, I'm not like obsessed with Aleister Crowley. When I was in like seventh grade, I was super into Aleister Crowley, but I didn't know. I mean, I've read Diary of Drug Fiend, you know, I, yeah. I, I recognize and know about the importance, and but there's a lot of negative bullshit too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I sort of like pick and choose. I'm no scholar, but I'm always interested in learning and reading and when I was at um, Catland with Karen, you know, we were looking at books, and mm -hmm. she was, like, saying, oh, maybe this book or that. We were saying, oh, what book should I read? And, and then she was like, but don't read this one if you don't really want to go there, you know? What like, was the book? I can't remember the book now, but she was like, don't, you know, be ready. If you read this, you're going to open some doors. Uh. And my mom actually is a witch. Okay. And in the sense that she has, will say, this month this is going to happen to you and I can see a man's face and you're going to meet this person, you know, she's done this my whole life and I can't explain. I don't know. I don't care to explain it, whatever, but it's, she's always right. It always happens. It's a little scary. Like she divines and these things that end up happening. And so in a way it's almost like I'm, I can't be a total skeptic because I've witnessed so many of these things, but at the same time, I'm not maybe a hundred percent a believer. I'm somewhere yeah, you know. I mean that, that's fair. I mean, I yeah. think for me personally, I don't believe or disbelieve anything because yeah. it's really not. I mean, our, our, you know, once again, the hubris of mankind yeah. believes that they understand everything. Yes, you know, I know I don't understand anything. <laughs> right. And and I remember reading this. Uh, someone, I forgot what I was reading, but it was um, someone pulled a a quote out of context and put it down. And it was like. It's like, by now, we've figured out, with physics, we figured out pretty much the entire universe. What? And I thought this was, like, some guy, like, today, like, working at CERN or something like that, you know, in Switzerland. It was, like, some dude from, like, the, the 1700s oh said that. Oh, my God. So, I mean, er, you know, ma humans, have, mankind's always been a bunch of jackasses and they know everything. Yes, absolutely. You so, know? I think, I'm not skeptic of the occult or witchcraft. I'm not skeptic of... Science. I don't know. It's just of everything. I'm an equal opportunity skeptic, sort yeah. of in a way. Yeah. Some of the things though, it's like there's definitely archetypical uh, patterns and sort of similarities between what people connect to in these kind of occult settings that span the globe. Yeah. So that commonality leads me to believe 
that there is some kind of energy field oh, yeah. or something that people connect to. I There's no denying, yeah. you know, the power of intention and what you put out into the world and what you're getting back and all that. That's I would never, you know... Um, actually, one time I... I, what I do know is not to uh, say you uh, know something when you don't in terms of the occult because when I was younger I sort of did this spell once to try to get this guy to like me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, actually it turned out that a couple years later he told me, he's like, I can't stop thinking about you and it never worked out between us, but I really just always am thinking and he kept like saying that now and then. I'm like, huh. We never got together, but I wonder if that spell just sort of was so... I, like, did it wrong, and obviously this is total novice talking in that sense, but, um, you don't want to fuck around with that shit, yeah, but you don't totally. know what you're doing, you know? Yeah. So, I'm excited that there's people who are way more, you know, learned in the occult ways that are going to be at this festival, and, um, but I think you can a- appreciate the archetype of the witch from a sort of positivist scientific standpoint if you're totally like atheist you could still come and have an awesome time because the witch yeah. is an archetype of female power like yeah. it's subversion you know so yeah I mean and just historically though even if even if they're you know you can you can have your own ideas about the sort of supernatural yeah. element to it but the bottom line is like witches were you know healers and yeah you know they had this knowledge you know about you know, plant medicine and things like that. Right. And then, you know, some uptight dude is like, okay, hold on. I don't understand what's going on here. Right, I'm going to kill you. So I'm going to destroy everything that I fear and subjugate everyone. Just right. so, you know, I mean, I when it comes, control. Yeah, when it comes to healing, I'm a huge, you know, non-Western medicine person. I've had, like, a huge health journey myself. <laughs> that sounds so hippie. But I've had, like, really weird, terrible health issues that Western medicine couldn't help me. Thousands thousands of dollars on blood tests and this and that. And the only thing that saved me was acupuncture and other sort of holistic methods. So, you know, I'm a 100% believer when it comes to that stuff. But there can always be quacks in any field. I'm not saying I just let some random guy in the corner, like, (laughs) stick a needle in me. No, uh, (laughs) that's a bad idea. Yeah, definitely. So, that's where I stand on all that. Sort of somewhere in the middle. I'm sort of half in, half out of everything, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, but still, people can even if they don't care about any of that stuff, yeah, they can still yeah. go down and have fun. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. But yeah, it's interesting to actually verbalize it because I don't often get asked that question. It's yeah. good to think about. Yeah. I mean, in, in some of the press that you've done, have, have, have they just basically covered the event, or have they like gotten into like the, the sort of philosophies behind it, or? Well, yeah, I think they do ask me some personal things, and then I sort of just diverge the question to say hey but the festival's for everyone you know because right. I don't want to turn anybody off so. yeah especially in like when you're casting out a big net with like yeah. the village voice you know people yeah it's a wide variety of different people read that exactly so you know it's it'll be true to the real life practitioners because there are some real deal witches there and then mm-hmm. it'll be just as fun for people who are thinking it's like a, you know just sort of a symbolic gesture so yeah People might just show up to get fucked up. And I with, hope that with your women and, Yeah, you know. I don't. I'm not against that. You know, <laughs> I think it's beautiful to ogle the female form. <laughs> don't touch without permission. Oh yeah, but of course not. You can look all you want. I'm gonna get like killed for saying that. <laughs> but, why not? I mean, why? You know, there's um, I don't know, there's some uh, more uptight uh, anti-sex type feminists who are like. How dare you look at me with your patriarchal gaze? Anti-sex feminists. Well, you know the reason I say sex positive is because there was sort of like the feminist porn wars and the sex wars in the '80s against this one side that said like, you know, all porn is rape and there's you know all female sexuality is driven by the patriarchal order and all that sort of everything we know is wrong. So. I just have to be careful. Not really. I say what I want, but I just mean... Yeah, I think it's important to say what you want, because that, to me, that sounds like an over-intellectualization of, like, some kind of reality, like, material function, you know? I mean, if you're a total, like, pawn of the patriarchy, how can you have any agency? Like, that would mean women have no thoughts of their own. We've just been trained by men to act the way we do. I mean, that's bullshit. That actually is 
way worse than the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's totally fucked up. But, I mean, I understand that, like, it's triggering or upsetting for certain women to be ogled at by men. So I'm not saying, like, yeah, dudes, go just do that. But for me... I'm like, enjoy the bounty around you. I look at men, yeah. you know, and women, and everyone should just enjoy each other. That's well, you know, we you notice there's that uh, you know, sex at dawn volume, yeah, which um, and it was I didn't leave it there by design. <laughs> I, I was actually trying to once again. This room is a mess. Maybe I'll post a picture of it on Instagram of how <laughs> completely disorderly it's really this not is. That bad. <laughs> I mean, I run the whole operation out of this room. You know, my empire of nonsense. <laughs> that I, <laughs> But, um, but yeah, that Sex at Dawn book is basically an exploration of human sexuality pre-civilization when we were hunters and gatherers. Yeah. You know, so a lot of the stuff that you're talking about with these, like, what, what was the term for the, the women who didn't like their the sex? Oh, like the anti-sex. Anti-sex. Feminists, yeah. I mean, we're the same creature now as yeah. we were when we were wandering the planes picking up nuts and berries and killing elks and stuff like that. Yeah, our that. genes are no different. It's exactly the same. Yeah. So, everyone was having sex with each other. There was no monogamy. I know. They raised children as a community, so what's the problem? And it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. there's been some good inventions since then, but... Oh, yeah, penicillin, you know. Right. Some yeah. terrible inventions as well. I, yeah. I think Sluttist as a whole is about sort of a pagan back-to-basic sexuality because these modern, you know, structures and inventions and divisions yeah. are not working for us. And I'm the first one to say that it's a male hand that definitely put the boots down on all this stuff. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm definitely not saying that, you know, men are, are you know, should be in control of anything. I mean... Look what look what happened when you put men in control. Stuff, you know right. I mean? It's like. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I don't know. At least there's some pushback now, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, definitely. So your your brand of feminism, the sex positive mm -hmm. feminism, is is more uh, like open and sort of. Like, yeah. Okay. Fighting stigma and shame, you know. Growing up, how many girls are told you're a whore, you're a slut because you look like this or because no reason at all, just because someone doesn't like you. That's your branded and you're disvalued. And then, you know, there's no other word that you can, you know, level at a guy to do the same thing to a woman. And it's the excuse for rape and murder all around the world. You know, it's still like a huge problem. And, um, yeah, I just feel like obviously there's some religions that are never going to allow people to think beyond, you know, the uh, marital sex for procreation sort of thing, but I'll fly the flag for all the other kinds of Where do you fun. think that came from, honestly? I mean, because I, I, I try to, like, go through that, because after reading, you know, Sex at Dawn yeah. and understanding my feelings about sex and, you know, monogamy and all this, I mean, you know, without going too deeply into that, uh, I started being like, well, how the hell did we even get into a situation like this? Yeah, I guess it was women as property. Because okay. men always... Men weren't monogamous. No. It was just women that had to be, or you would be suffering your virtue and whatever. Because you're the property. So, it's almost like monogamy was never really instituted. It's just... People assume that's just what should happen, almost. You know? It's okay. like... Because all the... You know, guys were always sowing their oats yeah. wherever. It's the women that were supposed to stay at home. But they were doing it, too. So, it's almost like it's never really been you know, instituted, but we think it has. It's almost like an illusion, maybe, if we just... Well, you know, I mean, I, you know, if there are people out there, and I'm not saying that everyone should, you know, betray their significant others. And no. It, but I'm just saying, like, like the actual, the feelings that you have yeah. have to be addressed. You can't just deny certain things. I totally agree, and there's nothing wrong. Like, you know, there's, like, women's websites I write for a lot of other sites, too, and it'll be like... What can, I mean, like, what's allowed if you're in a relationship as far as flirting? Like, articles listing, like, is it cheating or not if you, blah, blah, blah. Like, these tiny little degradations of rule, you know, it's, it's, it's really silly. And obviously everyone has a different line that's comfortable for them. Yeah. Some people are really happy just, like, fucking yeah. one person forever. Sure. Cool, good for you. I don't think, Slutus is not advocating, like, go out and have sex with everybody. Because some people are not equipped, and that makes them upset, and it's not cool. So... Right. Men and women. It's not like a, every man is good at having tons of no-strings-attached sex. 
and that stereotype. I'm not really like that, honestly. For me personally, you know, I'm not I'm not the kind of person who has like these anonymous like you know hit and run relationships <laughs> with people. You know? But uh, but the thing is, though, is the battle, the internal battle of these yeah. feelings that you have, and though. feeling shamed, like yeah, and and beating yourself up, be like, yeah. well, how come I can't you know stop thinking about these other women, right? You know? And if you just thought it was natural and, like, let yourself have the feelings, what you do on, you know, as far as acting is up to you and yeah. what your ethics are and what your relationship is if you have one. But just the fact that you can't even think these things. Like, my dad took me to this Edward Albee play once about, I forget, it's called The Play About the Baby, I think. I don't know. It was, it was a long time ago when I was a kid, but it really stuck with me because there's a scene where this um, guy... Um, this is really bad. I don't know if I should say this. Go ahead. What, what, this guy has a baby on his lap and he gets an erection. Okay. So then he uh, feels terrible and he didn't want to have sex with the baby. He just got an erection. Whatever. Natural response to something on his Whatever. Lap. Yeah. But I remember my dad being like, you know, just because you have a thought or like something like that happens and you don't act on it, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. And I was just like, oh, dad, that's like... That's a really great thing to say. You yeah. Know, because... You know, I, I grew up with, like, an incredibly heavy Catholic, you know, trip going on, Christian yeah. church, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I have a great relationship with my family. However, I can still, I can see how, why I am the way I am today. Yeah. The, the sort of negative impact that, that a lot of that had, that repression had on me. Yeah. You know, and I grew up in this kind of working class, like, middle class area where everyone was very regimented in their ideas. Yeah. Um, but also getting back to that the response it's like you get erections from like all the time for no reason right like, like the know? wind blowing right yeah. or just <laughs> physically you're that's the kind of person you, you know that yeah. just happens it's just one of those things yeah testosterone spiking whatever you know early morning type shit you know whatever that's like and there shouldn't goes. be shame around it. And I'm so grateful that I have a dad who's going to be at the festival. That's awesome. You I know Bill. You met yep. Bill. Your dad's great. And, um, yeah, I'm just psyched that I had a father that was like, you know, it's okay. You think things. You don't have to, like, act on them or do them. And you shouldn't feel shame. Just give it a thought. Just make you a bad person. Yeah. Which, you know, thank God. Because of the things I think. <laughs> anyway, this book that we're talking about, um, Sex at Dawn, I think if, you know, once again, if, if, you're, if you care, if you want to relieve some of that pressure in your relationship you and your partner should, should both read it and yeah. it's um it's kind of lets you off the hook for a lot of things I and mean, I'm not saying you know once again you know, it's your own business what the hell you do yeah. out there you know you gotta do what you gotta do out there yeah. you know but you know if you're, if you're in a relationship and you're struggling and you know you're it's like you're, you're past that two and a half three year mark and yeah you know you're like i love her or him or whatever but I, I can't stop thinking about having sex with the girl at the gym or whatever you know yeah it's like that doesn't mean that you're you're a, a cad or you're like this awful person yeah. it just means that your genetics are controlling you your dna is like making you have these feelings and it's completely up to you as a sentient being to respond to that stimulus and just take that, you know. But it's a good book, man. It really, you know, it's one of those things you'll, you'll find yourself rereading. You know, there's like certain passages in there I reread. It really does a good job at like destigmatizing all of the things that we deal with in contemporary culture yeah. as far as sexuality. So, yeah, that's like number one primer. They should give that to everyone that's like 17 years old. Like, here you go. Maybe even younger. (laughs) Probably younger. Yeah. These days. Yeah, that's true. 12? I don't even know. Probably, yeah. I mean, kids these days are, you know, kids these days, they're they're like crazy. Having sex and, you know, whatever, listening to like electronic music and, (laughs) you know, Facebooking each other or whatever. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, when I first uh, brought this up to somebody, a, 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 a female, a woman, and describing this book to them, they immediately were just like, oh, so now you think like you can just go out there and have Aww. sex with anyone you want. And I'm just like, no, relax. And that's fear-based yeah. like thinking, I think, totally. on her part. You know. Yeah, you know, and it's like, it's not like that, you know, but for anyone out there who wants to get some enlightenment, it's definitely something that should be in your... Uh, your wheelhouse there of books to read you know definitely well, it's great. we should do a show where we just have people you know call in and talk about talk their about sex their problems. sex lives oh and my like, god you know. I love that <laughs> that's like my dream I would be a sex therapist except for 
I don't know. That sounds like a lot of years of more schooling that I don't want to do. <laughs> just do it, man. Just do, you know, hey. Just like a regular person. A DIY, <laughs> like, sex therapist. You know? The hell needs a degree, you know? Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Take the advice at your own <laughs> at your own uh, risk. But it's more just like, read this book, think about this, have a talk with someone. Yeah. It's more like it shouldn't be surrounded in shame. I have a lot of female friends who are like, whoa, what if I thought about like not dating like this or not having sex like this? I'm like, yeah, you should think about it. Like, It's okay to think about something or talk it out with your partner. If you're in a relationship, shouldn't you be able to broach that subject, you know? But there's a stereotype that women will get, like you were saying upset the guy's gonna go spread his seed yeah. you know like he's d- predestined to you know well and also the fact that a guy wrote it too you know okay. it's like that's the other thing too it's <laughs> like oh who wrote it I bet it's a man I bet a man wrote that book I'm like well yeah coincidentally yes a man did write that book right but what would be so wrong with women also doing that too well you, you the know? other thing that gets sort of thrown under the under the you know the thrown out is to all men sowing their, their seed, you know. But the thing is, though, it's like women also participate. Like, you need a, a female egg. Right. <laughs> you need an egg and a sperm to make a baby. So the whole thing is like, yes, the end, the end game is to procreate and have a stronger, you know, society or whatever, to, to have the dominant genes meet and have div- genetic diversity so that we don't become, like, retarded you know, even though I don't think that's like <laughs> correct, we're not a bunch of like retards. I know that's a horrible thing to say, but you know, we're not the the, the negative aspects of our genetics don't get passed on. You know, right. like there's a there's a dominant gene that you know sort of takes over, and we don't end up focusing on the the, the, the sort of negative aspects of our you know evolution, for lack of a better term. So the thing is, though, it's like, yeah, men are going out there spreading their seed. They're multiple partners, but also women are having multiple partners, too. In this, yeah. In this society, this theoretical society we're talking about. Absolutely. You know, and no one knows whose kid belongs to who. Right. And. But the, why should it matter, almost? Like, what, what is that ego that you have to, I mean, if you cared about all the children, like, if you didn't know whose was yours, you would treat all of them better, wouldn't you? And I just think it makes a stronger society, because it's like everyone... That you know, we're all sort of related. You know, there's like, you know, intimacy between people. Yeah. You know, and this only works obviously with a group of like maybe you know forty or fifty people, right, probably. Right. You know, if, maybe not even that many. Yeah, yeah. But you know, back in those days, there wasn't a lot of people either. You know, there was a sort of whatever the land could sustain was what sort of was able to survive. Yeah, you just wonder if there was jealousy back then, if that existed. There had to be. Yeah, I think. Yeah. At the very least. So, you know, obviously there's real things. Like, anyone who reads about anyone who does anything other than straight-up monogamy, like, poly people and whatever, open relationships, there's always jealousy. Like. But the thing, you talk about jealousy and conflict, you know, there's, uh, in, in the animal kingdom, I mean, there's, you know, there's always the constant struggle to put your genes forward, you know? So I think even in this theoretical society we're talking about, like, yeah, there'd be conflicts. Yeah, competition. Men, yeah. And they would figure it out yeah you know maybe one guy takes a big rock and smacks the guy in the head with it totally takes him out of the gene pool there you go totally fair yeah (laughs) not advocating murder here though (laughs) no well you know what also is is uh something i'm a big fan of is non-lethal combat totally about it you know when you watch when you observe primates you know they don't kill each other all the time they just like you know, they'll wrestle and, like, choke each other, and, like, one guy submits, and that's the end of the story. You know? And that's it. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm, like, you're the alpha, and I'm the rest with the rest of the people here. You know, as there's this constant testing of the dominant male with the, the, the sort of new jack males that come along. And, you know, there's this dynamic that always goes on. And I think, you know, no one has to die, no. you know, to get your feelings hurt, and that's about it. Yeah. And I think that also plays a huge part in the sort of lack of ego. Mm. You know, in like a primitive society. You know, I mean, I'm talking on my ass. I don't even no. know what I'm talking about, but that's just my ideas. I think it's I think it's interesting. Uh, as long as both parties are interested in fighting and they're pretty evenly matched, I think that's you know. But in this world, if you're not evenly matched, you get weeded out. You don't reproduce with that's anyone. That's true. That's true. You know, so I mean, I don't know. I think that you have to be interested in fighting if you were like, you know, roaming around the land, yeah. hunting and. 
Like that has to be a that's a life a necessity, like a, a necessary skill that you'd have to have. Right, right. You know, as along with identifying the edible roots. Yeah. Identifying like, you know, the best path over the river. You have to understand <laughs> how to how to like with with uh, rudimentary tools right. defend yourself. And you wonder how women would fight back then. I'd, I'd be interested. Probably the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously they say testosterone, more aggression, blah, 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 but women have testosterone they too. Do. They do. And men have varying levels, so yeah. I don't know how, how true it is that, like, men like to fight and women don't, you know? I, I, I actually, I'm going to go on the record and say that I believe women love fighting. And that they just our society put takes yeah. them out of the picture. I mean, I don't know if you watch. You know, I mean, I watch a lot of combat sports. There's always a women's division. Yeah, yeah. There's women kickboxers. There's women wrestlers. There's women jujitsu players. You know, so yeah, I think women, you know, have an equal love for that aspect of expression as as much as men do. Yeah, and maybe is this a crazy thing to say? I don't know. This is maybe too radical uh, if we were allowed to express ourselves in safer ways violently there wouldn't be as much you know acting out like spousal abuse and all the horrible horrible violent you know I I can't agree with you more yeah I think that um, also the fear of physical conflict conflict if you go through life without ever exercising those that reality Mm. you're going to be filled with anxiety and lack any kind of confidence. And when you have those two things together, it's a volatile mix. Yeah. Because you don't know how to handle situations. And when those situations arise, they get escalated. But if you are used to that sort of conflict, you're used to engaging in physical, you know, controlled, non-lethal, you know, if you're you're like, you have those opportunities on a regular basis, you're a lot more comfortable with it. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's a healthy way to deal with emotion and rage that a lot of people have. They bottle up and bottle up and they kill somebody. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. And also, by, you know, if you do that stuff, if, you, if you're engaged in that activity, you're always keeping your ego in check, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like people, you know, you, you see a lot of folks, you know, wandering the earth and they're never, they have this inflated image of themselves and what they're capable of doing without actually ever having to um, to do that thing hmm. you know and that leads to problems yeah yeah you know but if you're always like being put in check by someone else who has yeah. more skill than you do or they're better at it you don't you develop but you're also like I'm not the best I'm not the baddest guy here you know yeah more humility ego, yeah your yeah. ego gets put in check you know yeah well it sounds like Slutus needs to host a like female <laughs> kickboxing like event of some kind. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would be super cool. <laughs> um, but on, on the other tip of obviously violence against women is a, a horrific thing in the the wrong sense. You and that's know. even more reason why women should learn how to defend themselves. Yes, yes, I think it's the most feminist thing you can do is yeah. take a class of self defense. And, and there are, there are many places out there that are just. In New York City, there's the last place you can learn how to defend yourself. Any in particular you can shout out? Oh, yeah. You know, any, any of the Gracie, like, uh, academies, there's mm-hmm. two of them. There's one in Brooklyn. There's one uh, close to the McCarran Park. Okay. They have, like, everything. Judo, Muay Thai, you know, jiu-jitsu, boxing. I haven't done that classes. in a couple years, so I feel like I should refresh my... It's right here. I should do that. You know? In Manhattan, there's a, there's a Gracie Academy. I mean, I've been mugged, and I've been kind of assaulted by men, and it would have been awesome if I had some better techniques. Yeah. So The uh, Koban's Muay Thai camp, the place that I train at, we had a women's self-defense seminar. Cool. Yeah, like on a Saturday, and, you know. Did you have to come in and be the guy they, like, hit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always, the, like... The attacker. <laughs> right. I had to put a mask on and attack people. Right. Nah, you know, you just go and you, you partner up with people mm-hmm. and, you know, they had like uh, like a women's self-defense specialist come in and show how to like, you know, effective ways of mm-hmm. self-defense. Yeah. You know, because obviously, I mean, you know, there's, there's coming from more of like a sport, combat sport background than 
straight up like self defense. Yeah. Like, for certain things, I you know I don't wouldn't necessarily go to in a self defense situation. Right. You know, and that's the kind of thing you want to teach women in like a you know a life and death. Yeah. Scenario. Nothing more important. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, any any interesting uh, sluts of the month since we last spoke? Oh yeah, we had. Um a woman who is a Egyptian belly dancer, and uh, who else have we had? Um, we had the Reverend Mother Flash. She is a burlesque dancer and a um, cellist in Cult of Youth, that band Cult of Youth. She's performing at the festival, too. Oh, cool. She is awesome. She does all kinds of performance art and um, music and a uh, very talented woman. And God, there's been so so many sluts since I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> and we have another one coming up that I'm gonna debut maybe before the festival or after, depending how much time I have to get online. But um, oh yeah, we had these two girls who do a podcast called Guys We Fucked. Oh, great! It's a really awesome, funny podcast. They're two New York City comedians, and uh, they were sluts of the month. And I interviewed them about just like being in the comedy world and talking about all the real life sex stuff they talk on their show and they have guests that call in and it's a really funny good show so uh, they were one and yeah, I think that was the most memorable for the uh, the past couple months right on are you a fan of comedy? yes I'm a fan of comedy See, yeah I never was until like maybe two years ago oh really? yeah I oh. saw Doug Stanhope perform like maybe four years ago maybe, maybe longer than that and that's what kind of got the hooks in me oh yeah I love some good I mean, like, Margaret Cho is always one of my yeah. favorites. I mean, I think there's nothing better than an incisive, witty lady to get up there and tear shit down. And men. Like, I love so many yeah. comedians, but... Uh, there was only two comedians I got into prior to really appreciating it, and one of them was, like, you know, Bill Hicks. Oh, yeah. You know, and... Yeah, because he, he has, like, more, like, this sort of commentary, you know, uh, you know, social kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he had this, like, sort of, you know, biting... Like, he wasn't trying to really please anyone right I, I appreciated that you know aspect of it you know but nowadays I like all kinds of comedy you know there's so much all the time I always discover like on YouTube some upcoming whatever and I'm like oh that's actually pretty funny or Broad City I don't know if you've heard of that I saw I've seen ads for it yeah they're hilarious but it's more like not even sketches it's more just like a show but they're two comedians and I, I love them um, I like when it gets a little like Sleazier, like I, I like, I like the more like mainstream, like Amy Poehler's or Tina Fey, and they're like brilliant. But I like, they're a little more like prudish to me. Yeah. I like when it gets yeah. a little dirtier, you know. So I always love like Lisa Limpinelli. She's ridiculous. I don't know that is. She is just like kind of a really loud mouth, obnoxious, but she kind of says all these ridiculous. She's always on like Comedy Central roasts. Okay. Um, and uh, I really love. What's her fit? Um, why can't I think of her name? Uh, God, I can't think. I'm, I'm have the same thing <laughs> you yeah. have. I don't know something in the it's, air tonight. It's, you know. <laughs> it's late. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, what is her? Oh, she dated Jimmy Kimmel. She's hugely oh, famous. Oh, Sarah, Sarah Silverman. Yes. My God, I can't believe I like defined her by who she dated. I'm so embarrassed. But yeah, I love her. It sucks that I know that from who she dated too. I know. Like, I don't know her. I feel ashamed Fuck of myself. the world, man. In, in light of this conversation, <laughs> I'm ashamed too. What can I do? I mean, everybody's a little bit sexist in their own way. Hey, ways. you know what, Kristen? We're both human, man. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. It is okay. <laughs> We're not perfect. <laughs> so. So Sunday night, St. Vitus, everything kicks off at, the doors open at 7? No, doors are at 5. Okay, all right. The talks start at 6, okay. and the burlesque music, everything's 7. So okay, 7 cool. is, you know, for your average rock concert goer. Now, you encourage people to come earlier, man. Okay, don't, right. don't be like, well, you know, if you don't want those people to talk, be like, look, motherfucker, <laughs> show up at 6. You're going to learn You're going to learn some shit. You, know, you can go to any night of the week and go down to this fucking... Dive plays this fucking jip joint down there <laughs> and uh, watch some heavy metal bands. You know? You're right, you're right. But you can't always get this kind of entertainment. These women are going to drop some knowledge on you, yeah. so get there by 6 o'clock. Absolutely. So if it's Sunday night, you're not doing nothing. There's nothing no. going on Sunday night. Nothing. So do us a favor, come down, 
get there early and enjoy yourself. You won't be sorry. You won't be sorry. Oh, and there's a couple of things. I wrote these notes out for myself when I left half of the, didn't say half of the fucking things. I was close to say. So, um, every podcast, I always forget to say this, that, um, you know, subscribe to the iTunes uh, stream and also leave uh, a couple, leave a review. And it helps me out in my standing with these, like, you know, sponsors and whatnot. It sort of helps out. So, even if it's a negative review, just leave a, leave a review. That's all I can say. And of course, uh, you can you know we're on it's on we're on Facebook. Um, you know everything went black media Facebook, and uh, and check it out. I post all the episodes. they you know photos, links, things like that. And you can also uh, you know contact me through that as well. So, uh, Kristen, thanks a lot. Is there any way that people can check out besides from the Sluttist pop uh, blog? Any Twitter accounts or anything yeah, like that? at Sluttist. And I wanted to add really quickly. Good a portion please. of the proceeds um, for the merch we're selling is going to the uh, Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. So it is partially a charity event. So awesome. We care, and um, yeah, come out. It'll be an awesome time. Even more reason to go. Absolutely. You know, be uh, don't just be like. You know, a non-contributing member of society come out, learn something, and contribute to this cause. Yep. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. All right. Everyone have a good night.
Just do it.